Um, so where I want to start um, really is not even in Nehemiah. I want to start in 2 Timothy. Uh, 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. You have to turn there. Um, more than anything, I want you to, if you're going to read, which I hope you're, you have a Bible open, I want you to be in Nehemiah. But um, just real quick, um, there's three things. There's one thing that we know about Nehemiah. Uh, he is going to rebuild a wall, right? He's going to rebuild a wall for the city of Jerusalem. The city of Jerusalem is uh, kind of like God's place. It's God's dwelling place for man. Uh, that it started, that's what he, his intentions were, to make that. And that's what he, we see in the Bible. At the end of uh, the story uh, of God, we see that Jerusalem is God's dwelling place, right? Um, and so what we know about Nehemiah is he's going to rebuild a wall. Uh, how do we know that? How do we know that Nehemiah is going to rebuild the wall? The what? Come on. Here, dang, I didn't think you were going to answer that fast. The Bible, for the Bible tells me so. Um, so the Bible literally tells us about Nehemiah rebuilding this wall, right? Uh, the Bible, the, so the, that tells us, like he said, Nathan said that the Bible tells us. Um, the Bible tells us a bunch of things. Uh, so it tells us that Nehemiah is going to rebuild a wall. Um, it tells us how. It tells the people that he, uh, the, the ways that he has to go through it. It tells us um, that he is going to, um, the, the people that come and help him, um, the, the people that are pretty much the haters that are like, oh, Nehemiah's not going to do this. Like, hey, no, I'm going to stop it. Um, he tells us about God. He tells us about creation. Adam and Eve tells us about Satan. He tells us about Jesus. He tells us about the disciples. He tells us about the Holy Spirit. Um, he says things like produce fruit. And he says that he wants you to have a lot of joy. He said consider it all joy um, when you have tribulations. The Bible tells us a lot of things. Um, the Bible, uh, 2 Timothy so what we know about the Bible is that it is the, uh, the living word of God. Yeah? Would you agree? Living, right? So it's living. It's not dead. Uh, it's not like on his deathbed. It's not like it doesn't need an oxygen mask to come alive. Like we don't have to like stew. One, two. We don't have to do that. Um, it's living. It's living right now. Uh, and so when we read these things, we have to understand that they like the Bible is life. Um, so before we start anywhere... I want us to really talk about the truth, the truth, the word of God. Um, I want to talk about what the truth does. The truth, uh, the sayings like the truth sets us free. Um, the truth tells us who God is. The truth tells us who we are. Um, tells us who the enemy is. Uh, tells us who the enemy is not. Talks about um, different kinds of people, uh, different people where, where they come from, where they're going. Tells us so many things about this story. Um, and 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, it says, all scripture is breathed out by God, profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, the man of God and the woman of God, they don't say it in the Bible, but we're going to say women of God too, may be complete, equipped for every good work. So we know about Nehemiah rebuilding. Uh, we know about Nehemiah um, doing all these things. We know about God in the Bible. We know about Satan in the Bible. We know about the fall. We know about sin. We know about um, new life. We know about creation. Like, we know all these things about the Bible. Um, and what the Bible tells us is that at the end of that verse, it says, equipped for every good work. And before that, that the man of God, that the man of God, the woman of God um, would be equipped 
for every good work. Because all scripture is breathed out by God, profitable for teaching. So the, the, the truth will teach you. It will reprove you. It's going to correct you. It's going to train you, train you in righteousness so that you would be complete and then equipped to do the good work. All right? Um, so without the truth, then all you have, without the Bible telling you who you are, who God is, what you're supposed to do, what you are not supposed to do, where you're to go, where you're not to go, what you're supposed to say, what you're not supposed to say, what you're supposed to listen to and not listen to, right? What you're supposed to think about and not think about. The, 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 the truth of God, the word of God tells us these things. So without it, we don't have, none of this other stuff matters. Because then all I, if, if I have you come up to me right now, if I have you come up here and you don't have, and there's no thing of the Bible, and I say, who is God? You will have no idea. You'll have a, or you'll have an idea that you have made up. Um, but what that tells us is that you are, that God is equal with man. But the truth tells us, the word of God tells us that that's not true. So everything that we know about God, everything that we know about um, what it means to be a Christian only comes from this book. So if, if there's a question that you have, um, if you think you have the answer, if you think you understand who God is, um, you can create about in your mind, like, I think it's supposed to be like this. Oh, I think this is what I'm supposed to do. Uh, maybe you're right. Um, but what if you're wrong? What if you're wrong? What if you, you, what if you have this, this, uh, this image of who God is and it's wrong? There's only one thing you can do. Is you can open this up. And you can begin to read. And you can figure it out for yourself. Because my idea of God does not come from what I think about or what I've heard or what I've seen, maybe from somebody else. Maybe somebody else has told me about who, who God is. But my idea about the, who God is does not come from those people. Um, the truest form of who God is comes from this Bible. So before we go any further, we really have to create, we have to get it in our heads that we need the word of God. The only way that even Nehemiah needed it, and I'll share, and I'll tell you why, how, how we know that. How we know Nehemiah needed the word of God. Um, but even Nehemiah needed the word of God. Uh, and so you need to do everything, to, to be equipped to do the good work, um, to be complete, um, to, to be reproofed, to be corrected, all those things. You need the word of God. And I can't tell you that enough. I can't tell you how important it is, is that you need this. Um, and so what this does, lays a foundation, um, it begins to build up this image in your mind and in your heart of who God is, um, who God has said about you, uh, what he said about you, what he said about the person next to you, um, what he says about your circumstances, what he says about your situation, um, the things you're sad about, the, the hope that he wants you to have. The Bible tells us that. So it's laying a foundation. The Bible is the, the blueprint. It's the, the manual um, it's the, the plans, it's whatever you, you want to say to get something, to make something. Y'all, I thought I just saw a cat. Excuse me. Um, 
Really, I did, like a black cat. I got this, it was my shadow though. Um, it's, it's Tinkerbell. Um, where was I at? Uh, what was I talking about? Come on. No, talking about Jesus. Yeah, not cat, yeah. The Bible, um, the f- foundation. I, I said, it's the blueprint, it's the plan. Um, it's, the, it's how we, we learn to, to do things. So like you have like a house. It's funny, so uh, we have a community group that's meeting right now and they're meeting at a house uh, up the street. And before the house began to be built, um, before the house, like there was a foundation laid, but even before the foundation laid, there was a blueprint. Like this man literally went on a computer and created a blueprint and said, here is what we want the house to look like. So we're gonna build the walls, we're gonna do all these things. Uh, we're gonna open, the door's gonna be here. Uh, the stairs are going to be here. So he created a blueprint. He created a plan. That's what the Bible does for us. Um, it's cre- it lays a foundation. It gives us the plan. It gives us um, the blueprint on how to be a Christian, how to love like God, how to forgive like Jesus, right? Um, and so now we're going to go to Nehemiah. We're going to realize so much things, but there's two things um, that I really want us to, to focus on. Um, so if you turn to Nehemiah, if you're already there, at the beginning, one, um, Nehemiah 1, 3, it says, and they said to me, the remnant there in the province had survived and the exile is great, is in great trouble and shame. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates are destroyed by fire. As soon as I heard this, as as soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Um, and so Nehemiah, we know about that Nehemiah is going to rebuild this wall. Uh, Nehemiah is going to go back um, and begin to, to, to uh, gather some people to rebuild the wall. When you hear the word rebuild, what that tells us is that you are not starting something. Like Nehemiah is not starting a wall. That means that there was a wall already there, and something has happened. This wall was built. Um, there was somebody before Nehemiah who, who built the wall, and now the wall has been torn down. That's what we see in these verses. Uh, it says the wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and the gates are destroyed by fire. So something crazy has happened to the wall, and Nehemiah is going to come and rebuild it. Not build it, rebuild it. So here's why I want you to think about the map. Um, and I think it's funny because that kind of looks like a wall, right? We're not, that's not, all, that's not what it, I just, that's to create, that's to show you Nacogdoches. That's the, the county of Nacogdoches. Um, that, that place right there, God created for good. God had a, uh, an image of what he wanted Nacogdoches to be. Um, he had a purpose for the people that live in that city um, he had a lot of dreams. He, 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 he wanted them to do so much, just like he did Je, uh, Jerusalem, all right? We know about, like I said, God tells us the, the truth. The Word of God tells us a bunch of things, and it tells us about um, perfection. It talks about uh, we have two, uh, one and a half chapters about things being perfect, and then the rest of the things is things being broken. So we know that God created perfection, Right? And then something happened. Satan came in, and he used his lies and his, his craftiness, and he broke some stuff. He broke what was perfect to God. Same thing. 
That was once perfect. Sin has now corrupted that city. And God wants to use you to rebuild it. Just like he used Nehemiah to rebuild the wall, he wants to use you to rebuild the city of Nacogdoches. And so what I want to do is I don't want to really even talk about um, what Nehemiah did. I want to talk to us about what Nehemiah needs, what, what, what the story of Nehemiah needs to tell us what we should be doing. Um, so the first thing, verse 4, as soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Um, so we're going to talk about prayer. Um, so I'm going to read Nehemiah's prayer, and I want to talk to you uh, just a little. I want to pull some things out of you, and I want you to see it. So I really need you to be paying attention. Uh, I need you to focus uh, because there are some awesome things in here. There's some easy, practical things on how to rebuild our city, on how to rebuild schools, on how to rebuild your families, on how to rebuild your friendships, how to rebuild anything that is broken. Um, so the prayer, it says, and I said, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keeps his commandments, let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer of your servant. That now before you, day and night, for the people of Israel, your servants, confessing the sins of people of Israel, which we have sinned against you, even I and my father's house have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments, the statutes, and the rules that you commanded your servants Moses. Remember the word that you commanded your servant Moses, saying, if you, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, Though your outcasts are of the uttermost parts of heaven, from there I will gather them and I bring them to the place that I have chosen to make my name dwell there. They, they, they are your servants and your people, whom you have redeemed by your great power and your great strong hand. O Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight to fear your name and give success to your servant today and grant him mercy in the sight of man. Um, I'm just going to quickly break down Nehemiah's prayer. He, he does... He prays in four different ways. Um, in his prayer, he prays for four different things. Uh, he has a prayer of reflection. Uh, so at the beginning of it, it says, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keeps his commandments. Let your ear be attentive and, serve, and your eyes to hear the prayer of your servant. Now I pray before you day and night for the people of Israel, your servants. So what he does is he prays a prayer of reflection. He's reflecting on who God is. Uh, he's not reflecting first on who I am. God, look what I've done for you. God, look at what, I, what, look what, what's, look what I'm doing. God, look at me. God, man, I, I look good today. Man, I did this today. I, I threw a touchdown today. Right? I had 20 points. All right? I, got a, I got a haircut. I look fly. I just got my hair did. Like, he didn't say none of that. He said, God, you are awesome. The God of heaven he, so he reflects on who God is, not who he is. That's his first prayer, is a prayer of reflection. His second, prayer of repentance. He says, confessing the sins of the people of Israel, which we have sinned against you, even I and my father's house have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you, have not kept your commandments, the statutes, the rules that you commanded your servant Moses. 
Remember the word you commanded your servant Moses. Oh, um, excuse me. I'm getting far of my head. So last, you have commanded, uh, talks about sin. He, he says, we have sinned against you. He says that we have, my, me and my fathers, my house, like not next door. He says, me and my father's house, we have sinned against you. Um, we have acted corruptly towards you. And so he goes and he reflects on God, who God is and his, and his prayer for reflection and his prayer for repentance. He prays. And you see that he is showing himself, like, this, that's who God is. This is who I am. I have sinned. I've messed up. Um, I've, I'm, I'm corrupt. Like, they did it. Me and my father did it. Um, and so it's, it's, so, it's, it's wild that in his prayer, he's like, he, you can separate the things that he's praying for. Prays for reflection. He prays a, a prayer of repentance. The next thing that he's going to do is pray for, he's going to pray a prayer of remembrance. Here's what we see. Literally starts off, remember. Remember the word that you commanded your servant Moses, saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though your outcasts are the othermost parts of heaven, from there I will gather them and bring them to the place that I've, so, I've chosen to make my name dwell there. They are your servants and your people whom you have redeemed by your great love and your power and by your strong, uh, your strong hand. Um, and so you got a prayer of reflection, a prayer of repentance, and now we're at a prayer of remembrance. Do, literally what he does, this is where I was talking about why it's so important that we have this Bible. Because what Nehemiah prays is not these, he didn't make up these words. He didn't make up... I will scatter you among the peoples and return them and keep my commandments and do them. He didn't, he didn't make up what you said to your servant. He said he didn't, say, he didn't, he didn't make up the word unfaithful. Um, he didn't make up the place that God has chosen for, for man to dwell there and his name to be great. He didn't make that up. But what he did was he prayed the word of God. He prayed what the scripture has already said. So if you look back at the beginning, if you look back and through Exodus, if you, looked at, if you look in Deuteronomy, you will see this same exact thing. And so he is, he is praying things that have already been said. And what he's doing is he, he's reminding God of his promises. He's reminding God what he's already said. How do you do that? You have to know the scriptures. You have to know what God has said to, in your prayer, remind him what he has said, what he has promised you have to know that. Um, the last thing he prays, which is going to go into the next part. Um, actually, no, it's not. I'm sorry. The last thing he prays is prayer uh, of results. Um, when you, what do you think about when you think when you hear the word results? Somebody. Test. Well, the ending product. So, like, kind of like the end. Outcome, anything else? Cool. So he prays that. He prays for an outcome. He prays for the end. Um, and he, he, here's what we see. It says, O Lord, let your ear be attentive in the prayer of your servant, and to the prayer of your servants who delight in your fear your name, give success to your servant today, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. So he prays a prayer of results. He's asking God in his prayer, here's what I need. I need results to happen. I need this 
I need favor. Like, I'm praying for you to work this situation out. Um, so four things, prayer of reflection, prayer of repentance, a prayer of remembrance, and a prayer of results. Four ways that you can use to pray now, to pray. Th- your prayer life could be like that. Um, two other things that I want to talk about uh, before I go on, real quick. Nehemiah shows us two ways to pray. Um, he shows us, he gives us four practices in how to pray, but he shows us four Two different ways to pray. So the two words that I'm going to use, the first one is shotgun prayers. Like, shotgun prayers. The second is block prayers. Like, I don't know how to make a block sound. Uh, But shotgun prayers. Here's what shotgun prayers are. Shotgun prayers. How many of you have been, like, going through a day, and you're going to go to the test, and you be like, all right, God, will you help me with this test? Or, like, right before you're, like, competing, you'd be like, all right, God, like, Will you help me? I, I want to win, right? Or maybe it's like, God, like, right, right before, like, I just hope today is good. Um, will you help me with this person? Uh, God, just, I, I really, I don't know, what is it? Shotgun prayers, just really short prayers, kind of prayers that you would pray in the gap of your day. So you got, like, this little moment, um, and you're praying. Maybe you're driving, and something comes to mind, and you begin to pray for it. So you just, bow, shout it up to the Lord, right? Then you got these block prayers. Block prayers are times where you have taken a block out of your day and you said, I'm going to spend this time in prayer, or I'm going to spend this time reading, or I'm going to spend this time with um, the Lord. Two ways, right? So we got shotgun prayers, we got block prayers. Which one, if you are a shotgun or gun prayer, raise your hand. If you're a block prayer, raise your hand. Oh, y'all, oh, okay, we're going to work on that one. What about both? Okay, <laughs> right, so cool. But here's what I want to show you why you need both. Uh, I'm going to use an example, really cool example. Watch this. There was this little boy who had long hair, who lived in the city of Nacogdoches, and there was this girl, and she had long brown hair, and she lived in the city of Beaumont. And one day... They came together as freshmen in college, and they started to, like, fill each other, and, oh, my gosh, like, I'm a creep on her on Twitter. Um, oh, my God, he's so cute. Uh, all these things, right? We know the end of the story. They get married, right? Yeah. Here's the thing, though. Um, yes, Brennan Ashley, if you didn't know. Um, they get, they're married, right? Like, just stand up and hold hands real quick for us. Ashley don't like PDA. P- cool. They love each other. They're, they are one. All right? Y'all see that hug? Mm. That's a cute hug. <laughs> um, let me tell you, I, we don't have some crazy conversation with these two already. Here's what I know. Their marriage can be healthy or it can be unhealthy. Their marriage is a relationship. It's, two, it's this Brandon having a relationship with Ashley. It's Ashley having a relationship with Brandon. We got two ways. We got shotgunners and we got block time. If Brandon texts Ashley throughout the day and says, hey, how are you doing, babe? How was class today? I'm hungry. Um, what are you cooking for dinner? 
Uh, I'm sleepy. Can you make sure, like, I ain't got no clean underwear. Can you make sure it's clean? All right. Or Ashley texted him and be like, why did you leave the toilet seat up? <laughs> or why did you eat my cookies? I bake cookies. Why did you eat my cookies? Or like, hey, babe, I just want to let you know my ha your hair looks really good today. Hey, I love you. Right? If he did, if she, that, that's what they did. They shotgun prayers. Right? Those are like shotgun prayers. You just real quick be like, whoop, shoot it to you. If they only did that, would you say they have a successful marriage? No. Okay. Awesome. Now, what if um, every Thursday, Brandon's like, hey, we're going to carve out this time. I'm going to take you out on a date. I want you to get fly, get your hair done, get your nails did, get a pedicure. Oh, Y'all know that song? Um, and he said, I'm going to take you out to a nice date. And what I want to do during that time is I want to hear what God is doing in your life. I want to hear what your heart, what's going on in your heart. I want to spend time with you. And Ashley did the same thing. Would you say they have a successful marriage? If they just did that. Yes? No? No, but we're not, we're not there yet. We're just blocked. Just a date night. Every, once a week, they had date night. Would you say they had a successful marriage? All right. So you, all, you said no to shotgun per, shotgunning. You said no to blocked. And so before I ask you which ones are your shotgun prayers and which one are your more blocked prayers, and some of you um, raised both, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to just go on and let me say some of y'all some liars. Hold on, hear, hear me out. Some of you really say that you shotgun pray. Some of you say that you're really blocked prayers. Some of you even say that you're both. I want to ask you a better question. What's your relationship with Jesus like? Because if your relationship with Jesus is good and it's healthy, then you better have both. You better have your times where you are literally, you're going into something and you're depending on the Lord. And then you, have, you better find out some day, some, some time, to block out a time in your day to spend time with the Lord. But here's what I don't want you to think. Because you've been told, a lot of y'all have been raised in the church. I wasn't raised in the church, but I've always been told to pray. Literally, our, just our, our world tells us to pray. It tells us to pray. How many of y'all was like, mom and dad was like, make sure you say your prayers before bed. How many of you pray before you eat your food? Like, that's like one of the first things that you learn, right? Everybody in this room knows to pray. Every single one of you know that you're, oh, if I'm a Christian, I'm, I'm supposed to pray. Even if I'm not a Christian, I'm supposed to pray for my food. It's just the right thing to do. But you have to begin to think about the way that you're praying is literally the, the, one of the best indicators of your relationship with Jesus? Are you spending time with him? Are you sharing your heart with him? Right. Are you depending on the Lord in those little small moments? You get these gaps in the middle of the day. You're driving down the road. Are you sharing your heart with the Lord? Are you asking him for things? Are you telling him what's going on and how hard it is and how you feel weighted down? But then also, are you taking out time in your day and just being like, God, I need to be with you? Because it's the same thing for Brandon and Ashley. For their, her, their marriage to be successful, they need both. For your relationship with Jesus to produce the most life, you need both. That's what Nehemiah has. 
It says, he, as soon as I heard this, the words I sat down, I, words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. I continued fasting and praying before the God. I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. I continued praying and fasting. I continued praying and fasting. Uh, and then we hear his prayer. We hear his heart. I'm going to show you. I just... Nehemiah 2 says, I'm just going to go to the verse 2. And, it's, and the king said to me, why is, your face, why is your face sad, seeing you are not sick? This is not, nothing but sadness of the heart. When I was very much afraid, hmm, when I was very much afraid, that means the conversation has started. He got a gap. And he said, when I was very much afraid, I said to the king, let the king live forever. Why should not my face be sad when the city and the place of my father's graves lies in the ruins and the gates of heaven be destroyed by fire? Then the king said to me, what are you requesting? Here we go. Watch this. So I prayed to the God of heaven. And I said to the king, if it pleases the king, if your servant has found favor in your sight, that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's graves, and that I might rebuild it. And the king said to me, the queen sitting beside him, how long will we be gone? Then will you return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I had given him, given him a time. And I said to the king, if it pleases the king, let letters be given to the governors of the province beyond the river, that they may let me pass through until I come to Judah, and, let, and a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, and that he may give me timber to make beams for the gates of the fortress of the temple, and for the wall of the city, and for the house that I shall occupy. And the king granted me what I asked for, for the good hand of my God was upon me. So remember we put out, like he prayed a prayer of results. Did he get his results? If it, it says, O oh Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight to fear your name and give me success to your servant today and grant mercy in the sight of the man. Then it says, now I was a cupbearer to the king. Um, would you say that Nehemiah gets his results? Yes? Yes. Right? But he does it in two different ways. He prays. Day and night, he fasts, he continues to do that. And then he finds a little gap right before to pray to, the, and he prays to God, same thing. Will you grant me favor for your servant? Just real quick. So he, he block prayed and he shotgun prayed and he prayed for results and he got his results. Um, Nehemiah gets his results. Um, and the reason why I ask you to, to think about a person um, isn't because I'm telling you that you're going to get results about your, your grades or your car or your boyfriend or your girlfriend or a lot of money or the, the, making it to whatever it is. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about people. So I ask you to think about a city and I ask you to think about a person. Nehemiah's prayer is not for himself. Nehemiah's prayer is to do what? To rebuild the city, to rebuild the wall. Right, it's for these people that have been, he's mourning for, he's weeping for, he is so compassionate for, he is empathizing for. Here's the thing, though, y'all. Nehemiah is doing that for a group of people who he doesn't even know. They're, he's 800 miles away from them. He's serving a king. He has everything. He's not in a bad place. 
Literally, he's serving a king. What he is is a cupbearer, which means he's a wine taster. Literally, like, the king will be like, taste this before I drink it. Make sure it's not poisonous. Not make sure it's, it's good. And then he gives it to him. That's what he He's living a life of luxury. Yet he weeps and he mourns and he's compassionate and he empathizes with a people group that he's only tied to because of ethical reasons and religious reasons. But he doesn't personally know him. Yet he's weeping and he's mourning and he's compassionate and he's empathy. And he prays for him. And he, he shotgun prays for him. He block prays for him. And then he gets results. Um, now, how many of your prayers are about people that you know? How many of your prayers are about the people that you don't know? This is what Nehemiah is doing. His heart is for these people. He's, he's, he's heartbroken because that what, they, what, what, what was once there to protect them, they don't have anymore. And he realizes that. Like how afraid must these people be? These people, but he's praying for them. He's asking God to help him do something about it. He's serving this king and he asks the king to go away because these people need something. They need somebody. And so he gets that. He's granted that. He's granted this, the results to go. The king, he, literally, not even that. The king says, go. Let me know when you're coming back. And then he says, but hey, before you leave, I'm going to give you a piece of paper so that you can get some timber. And this will get you into a place where you can live in the house that you're going to occupy. So he gets even more than that. Why? For the sake of other people. So what we know is that he, re, he, he begins to rebuild on because of the truth, because of what God said, because of what he realized who he is, because of what the Bible has told him about, he begins to rebuild in truth. And then we hear about him praying. We hear him, how he's going to, re, he, he literally starts then. He rebuilds in prayer. He rebuilds, he begins to rebuild not, he hasn't built anything. He hasn't put his hands on the wall yet. He hasn't put his hands on, he hasn't seen these people yet. But he rebuilds with prayer. The next thing that happens, because of his prayer, he begins to rebuild because of an action. All right. He goes to the king with, with, with boldness. Um, he has a confidence from his prayer that when the king asks him what he's sad for, he's just like, this is why. Because there's people out there. Because there's somebody out there that was once protected, and they're no longer protected. And I'm fine. I'm good. I'm at the king. Like, I'm serving you. I'm okay. But there's people out there, and I'm sad for them. That's why I'm sad. He, he says that. Like, he's not afraid to admit that. He's not afraid to admit that. He has compassion for people. His confidence, um, his asking, is only a result of his praying. Right? His success and his granting from the king is only successful is because of his prayer. So his prayer leads him to do a certain action. Um, and so... 
I don't want you to think, because I'm getting ready to wrap up. I want you to think the action that I'm talking about is that you go and save the world. Because a lot of times, you are not the, the solution to your prayers. And some of you think you are. Some of you are praying, and you're praying for good things, but you're praying for you to be the solution. You're praying for you to be the answer. I, oh, like I'm gonna, we're gonna save them. All right. I can fix my parents' marriage. I can fix my sin issue. I can fix me and my boyfriend doing things we shouldn't be doing. I can fix my anger. Like all of it. It's like we're praying, but it's like we have forgot what we're praying for. We are not the solution to our prayers. You are the help, but you're not the solution. Um, and so, I, I wanna encourage you to think about that city. Think about the city that was once perfect, that it was, it was made for a purpose. Um, it's now broken. There's a lot of people in there. There's literally 14,000 people in the middle at Stephen F. Austin State University. There's 14,000 people there. But there's a lot of other people. Right. Pray for them. Pray for that city. Um, pray for, have compassion on the people in that city. Empathize with the people of that city, um, right? The city that needs to be rebuilt. The city that needs a solution. You have a solution. His name is Jesus. A city that needs your help. There's a bunch of schools. There's a bunch of people. There's a bunch of families. And they need to be rebuilt. And you get to do two things. You get to pray for them. You get to have compassion with them. You get to empathize with them. Because a lot of those same people in that city are going through the same thing you're going through. And then hopefully what happens is your prayer begins and it leads you to take an action. But like I said, you aren't the solution, right? Some of you are ready to do something, some big things for the Lord. Some of you have the gift of evangelism in here, and it's like nothing I've seen. Some of you just have a personality that people are drawn to you. Like people want to be around you. Some of you are smart as heck. Some of you not that smart. But you need the smart people. All right. Some of you are not afraid to pray. Some of you have, can sing y'all's lungs off. All right. Some of you are super talented. You're, you're athletic. Whatever it is, there's people in this room that have a gift. They have a gift that is not the solution, but it is the help. And then some of you 
in here, you're struggling. You're dealing with some things and you don't want to admit it. Your relationship, your prayer life, isn't, it's, not, it's not where it, where it should be. Um, some of you have some crappy home lives. Mom and dad are fighting. Maybe they're not even together. Maybe you don't even have dad. Maybe you don't have mom. Some of you don't have any friends. That's what you feel like. Some of you, your identity is wrapped in your sports and in your grades and the boy and the girl. All right. Are your prayers leading you to take a certain action? Is it leading you to do something? Or is it just, are you just praying, just empty prayers? Nehemiah did not pray an empty prayer. He prayed a prayer that was going to lead him to do something, and then he did it. And because he did it, he rebuilt a wall. Because he did it, these people that were in the middle are now protected. Um, so I, I said, think about that city. And I said, think about that person. Hopefully that person is still in your mind. Think about praying for them. Shotgun prayer for them. Take a time out of your day to pray for them. All right. Compassion. Think about their situation. Empathize with them. Pray for them. Love them. Fight for them. Encourage them. But actually let that lead to an action. And here's what I want to tell you. For the ones that I said are struggling and you're dealing with some stuff, I want you to see your action needs to be a prayer of repentance. It needs you to be honest with where you're at. It needs you to be like, I'm okay. Like, things suck. But can I tell you, by doing that action, you are helping rebuild this city. Because you're showing it, you are broken. And you're not the solution. And you need it. You need Jesus. You need the gospel. You need the resurrection. You need to hear Jesus loves you. He's forgiven you. He cares about you. He knows your situation. He knows what you've said about him. He knows what you've done. He knows what you think about, and he still loves you. By you taking that action, to be honest with that, is helping rebuild this city. It's helping the person that's on your mind, just like Nehemiah did. So I'm going to pray for us. Ash, uh, Allie's going to come up and sing one more song. And Brandon's going to come up and sing one more song. And then the time, just pray a prayer shotgun or pray a prayer block, whatever, whatever, just pray or think about. Um, or maybe you need to talk to somebody tonight. Um, you know who the leaders are. I'm not going to have them go around the room. But what I am going to have them is just sit where they're at.
and go find them. Maybe you just need to look at the person next to you and be like, will you pray for me? But hopefully tonight, whatever's on your mind, you begin to make an action. And you help, the, you help everybody in this city begin to rebuild it by being compassionate and empathizing and being prayerful 